Our editors are loaded up and headed home. They've packed their camera, laptop, and recorder. While visiting familiar people and places, they're looking and listening for the answer to one big question. Does this still feel like home? I'm Natalina Sense, digital content editor for Successful Farming and your host of the Hometown Podcast series. Support for the Successful Farming Podcast comes from... Are you looking for new advanced technology for your farm operation? Need some advice on managing your farm or tips on finding the best machinery prices? You'll find all this and more in Successful Farming Magazine. Subscriptions are available online at agriculture.com. Visit agriculture.com and complete your subscription to Successful Farming Magazine today. It's sad to even think this, but I'm going to witness a head-on collision. It's going to happen. I'm going to have a front row seat to it because they'll try to get around me when there's a car coming right there. I've had, you know, and I'm going, what, 15, 18 miles an hour. I've had the car coming at me have to hit the skid so this moron can get around me. This is Dave Kestel. He farms near the rapidly growing town of New Lenox, Illinois. Urban expansion has been gobbling up land near Dave's farm and bringing city traffic to what used to be back roads. New Lenox, Illinois is my hometown. It's actually uh, a suburb of a suburb. It's a suburb of Joliet, which is a suburb of Chicago. New Lenox is about 40 miles from the heart of Chicago. That is successful farming editorial content director Dave Kearns. Now I know we're just getting started and I've already introduced you to two Daves. This could get confusing, but David was a very popular name in the 60s. In fact, the Social Security Administration says behind Michael, David is the second most popular boy name of the decade. Anyway, back to New Lenox. There's Dave Kestel, the farmer, and Dave Kearns, the successful farming editor. For your sake, we'll call Dave the farmer by his last name, Kestel to keep things a little bit easier to follow. For both Kestel and I, the area we grew up in was a very small, quiet farming community, and it's changed a lot. As a kid, I remember riding my bike down Cedar Road, and the population side said 3,497. Today, New Lenox is over 27,000 people. I moved away after graduating high school in 1978, and I studied journalism at Iowa State University and I've worked in downtown Des Moines for the last 30 years or so. When I come back to New Lenox, I really have to use Google Maps more than I'd like to admit. Kestel stayed in the area to continue the family farm, and over his 55 years, he's watched the area change right before his eyes. Uh, My dad retired, oh boy, let me think, that would have to be, say, 20, gosh, 25 years ago. And I bought him out and paid a bunch of interest over a bunch of years. Um, uh, uh, But I'm on my feet now and and life is grand. I'm living my dream. But the family's history in the area goes back even further than that. 1914, Grandpa bought the home farm here. So it's a centennial farm. That's pretty cool. And Kestel is encouraged for the future. His daughter recently graduated with an agriculture degree and got a job in the industry. She's thinking she'd like to farm someday. And I would be a third generation here, another farm that we've got where the family started at on uh, the fourth generation. And when my, when my, when my daughter helps me, um, she's the fifth generation. So that's really cool. Back when Kestel and I went to Lincoln Way, it was truly a community high school. 
It comprised students from four different small towns in that area. And do you remember back then the other schools that like we would play in football? Uh, uh, yeah. They referred to Lincoln Way as the farmers. Do you remember that back then? Yeah. They referred to Lincoln Way as the farmers. Because, I mean, shoot, right across the road where that whole strip mall is. That was all fields yet then. Yeah. you got to drive a couple miles to find a field now. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. All the others were suburban schools. Uh-huh. And we were suburban. Lincoln Way was in the country then. Now farmland is turning into housing developments. And boy, oh boy, are they building some fancy houses around here too. Holy cow. There's also a super Walmart, a slew of fast food restaurants, grocery stores, and banks all over. Well, we have all the conveniences right at our fingertips now, but I don't like it. I, it's not the way it was. It's not the way I was brought up. It's not the everybody knows everybody trusting little town anymore. Kestel says he always locks his shop. If he has to leave equipment in the field, he drives it away from the road and makes sure it's locked up, too. We're just so close to Chicago that you know, people want to get out of Chicago. And I don't blame them there because I don't even like going up there. But um, yeah, it's changed, you know, and the, the traffic going by here, moving equipment from field to field uh, can become a hassle. Um, people get impatient. People um, will give you a little sign language once in a while when you're going down the road to tractor, which kind of makes me giggle. Um, but <laughs> like, God, if, if, if this is as bad as your, your day gets, you're pretty much sitting on top of the world. As the community changes, so do the farm's neighbors, Kestel says. He misses the days of pulling into neighboring farmsteads to chat about the weather and crops. I mean, I miss that. It's not like it used to be. Um, I don't feel like I'm so much in the farming community like we used to be, even though we haven't moved. Now, Kestel's neighbors are different. I farm several fields alongside of subdivisions now, and, and they help themselves to fall decorations in the fall. You know, go cut your corn stalks off, and they take them right up there on their front porch and tie them to the fence posts up there. I'm like, gee whiz, you know, you could have asked. I would have gave you a dozen of them or something like that. But just to go out there and blatantly just cut them off and steal them, boy, that just rubs me the wrong way. You know, I don't go cut their roses off for a bouquet on my kitchen table, so you shouldn't come and take this because this is my paycheck. The cicadas begin to sing as Dave and Kestel sit in the muggy summer air rehashing encounters with non-farming neighbors. No, you can't ride your four-wheelers all over my cornfield. No, you can't load up your van with corn stalks to decorate your house. No, my farm isn't a park, a playground, or a ball field. Dave Kestel is an upbeat, positive guy, but I, I can hear the frustration in his voice, you know? He never used to have to deal with these folks, never have to have these conversations before. But it doesn't take long before he's back to talking about how much he loves farming. The old saying goes, if you have fun with your job, you never have to go to work. The two relax in the shade of the farm shop for a while longer, chatting about technology and travel. Kestel stays young, hiking and biking all over. He pulls out his phone to show me these breathtaking landscapes. The colors are bright, the water's so clear, the mountains are just majestic. As Dave prepares to leave and head back to town for the night, the guys swap a few more high school memories. They laugh about getting older, but decide their gray hair is better than no hair at all. And I drove back to town thinking all about high school, about growing up there, all the people that played a role in that community. It really was a pivotal moment in my life. The intimidating presence of Jim Pitcairn comes to mind right away. We knew him as the Pit. He was the school administrator back in my days at Lincoln Way, and he was not someone you wanted to mess with. 
Just walking by his office was enough to scare kids straight and send chills up your spine. As part of his trip home, Dave meets The Pit for lunch at a popular little place called Williamson's in town. On his way to the restaurant, Dave wrestles with mixed feelings. We'll be back to meet The Pit himself after this short break. Stay with us. Get the latest ag news, markets, weather, and more when you sign up for today's news from Successful Farming. Register at agriculture.com newsletter for today's news, the free Successful Farming e-newsletter. Once a day, you'll get an email packed with relevant news hitting the ag industry online and around the nation, along with the three big things happening today. Visit agriculture.com newsletter to subscribe to today's news from Successful Farming. Welcome back. I'm Natalina Sense with Successful Farming. You're listening to the Successful Farming Podcast. In this episode, we're visiting the hometown of Dave Kearns to see how the quiet little farming community he grew up in has exploded to become a busy suburb of a suburb. Here's Dave again. I'm driving along and this anticipation is hard to describe. It's been more than 30 years since I've seen Mr. Pitcairn. But even now, for me as an adult, his reputation, his history for discipline and commanding respect is is really a little intimidating. So I park, gather my recorder, all my stuff, my notepad. I walk toward the restaurant and a little unsure of what to expect. Dave arrives and is greeted by an older man in a blue button-down shirt and square black-rimmed glasses, Mr. Pitcairn. We shake hands at the, at the reception desk. Uh, we get to our table. We settle in. And the man I'm sitting across is so gracious and forgiving. Such a different guy than the enforcer that I knew that I'd pictured from high school. Oh, God, is it good today? There are no bad days. Hey, I told you the weekend is seven days. I'm almost shocked. Is this really the strict disciplinarian that we all did our very best to avoid back in school? For the next two hours, between bites of salad and French onion soup, Mr. Pitcairn speaks slowly and precisely, filling in details about his life and the village of New Lenox over the last several decades. I went from art teacher to school administrator to deputy chief of the New Lenox Fire Department to project manager on a four and a half million dollar building in town. And now I'm very much embedded in our new hospital here in New Lenox. In 1995, after working at the high school until he was 55, Mr. Pitcairn didn't want to stay home and watch TV. He's just shy of 80 years old now, and he's really plugged into the entire community. I'm in the Lions Club, the Chamber of Commerce. I was fortunate enough in 2001 to be the Citizen of the Year in New Lenox, and... Five years ago, the chamber gave me lifetime membership. He volunteers 700 hours a year at Silver Cross Hospital in the emergency room in town. After more than 55 years in the area and being heavily involved in several aspects of the community over time, Mr. Pitcairn is full of history. When I moved in in 1963, the population was 2,500. Remember, now the population is 27,000 and counting. When he moved to town, Mr. Pitcairn says he paid $18,000 for his house. When I started teaching at Lincoln Way High School, the seven-member high school board of education had four farmers. And it was obviously a farm community. 
For the next 40 minutes, Mr. Pitcairn tells me how the school district has evolved, how the demographics have changed, and the national economy rose and then crashed. And then the 2008 recession hit the area really hard. There were subdivisions that were planned when things were really booming. A new school was built, but then things came to a screeching halt in 08. But since then, New Lenox has mostly recovered. The new houses are worth three to $750,000. The schools are strong. People flock to New Lenox because of their school systems. I asked Mr. Pitcairn about the farmland that's been rapidly turning into neighborhoods. David, there are a lot of farmers that are multimillionaires, okay, uh, that have sold their farm at prices between 100 and 200,000 an acre. And large corporations have bought those and they have put up house after house after house, you know. As they finish their meal, the men catch up on each other's families. I walk out of Williamson's restaurant with a mix of relief and admiration. And after we got talking about the schools so much, I was really inspired. I wanted to go to Lincoln Way and see what it's like today. Dave starts off with a visit to the Agriculture and Industrial Technology Department to see what students are being taught these days and to check in with the Lincoln Way FFA advisor. Our department at Meredith publishes the FFA New Horizons magazine, so we really have a soft spot for FFA and youth education in general here at Meredith Agrimedia. Dave steps into the woodshop with a couple of Lincoln Way teachers as they explain which teachers lead which classes and how technology has transformed some of the programs the school is able to offer. Well, I've spent time in here. I still have three projects in my house oh from, my that I built here. Wow. And my wife's like, what, what do we do with this? The ag teachers laugh. Dave learns there are three ag teachers on staff. As they continue to talk, even the teachers comment on the growing disconnect from agriculture in the area. We're so far removed in this area from the farm life. You know, there's, there's not too many left in New Lenox itself. By offering agriculture classes, the school is opening doors for students. Doors many of them didn't even know existed. It's just amazing, really, when they come in here just loving their horses or loving their dog and wanting to learn about it and then finding out, hey, I kind of like swine. I never knew mm-hmm. I would like that. I didn't know anything about the business or I didn't know that that was a possibility for me. There's no livestock on the Lincoln Way campus, the teacher adds. And then with that knowledge, they have kind of changed career paths and said, I'm going to go into agriculture. I have teachers, we have... Veterinarians, um, we have vet techs, techs. we have... um, One of our former students is working in an ag, uh, for an ag lawyer right now. Sorry to interrupt. Dave's meeting with the Lincoln Way ag teachers is interrupted by administrators eager to meet with an alum. After wrapping up his talk with the teachers, Dave heads down the hall. Inside the office, Dave is greeted by himself. There, on the table, his yearbook is open to the page featuring his senior portrait. That's, that's, uh, that's the yearbook. Dave is a little surprised to be suddenly reminded of so many of his own high school memories. Yeah, yeah. Baby face. (laughs) The man behind all of this is Dr. Steve Provis, the principal of Lincoln Way Central. He, too, has witnessed the transformation of the area over his lifetime. I was a student here from 82, 1982 to 1986. 
Steve also vividly recalls Mr. Pitt, Karen. Pitt was, um, I respect him. He was the disciplinarian and I feared him, you know, which is odd. But now as an adult, I look back and say, boy, he had a tough job. He had a, uh, a real tough job. When I was a 16-year-old student who thought I knew it all, you know, sometimes we didn't see eye to eye because he was, he was the enforcer. And when I look back now, I think a lot of who we are is because of Jim Pacaren. You know, when he was disciplinarian, it was the, it was the period of the 70s. So you had, uh, you know, civil unrest. You had social unrest. Um, you had, my siblings were the first ones to wear jeans to high school. So you had a whole societal change. Long hair, beatniks and hippies and pot smokers. And, you know, so it was a moment in time when the schools had to be like, uh-oh, get a hold of this. And he did. And he was given that role. It's almost like the, the life that we saw Jim Pitcairn was just one little moment, one snapshot. And it wasn't accurate. And he's well known in the community, and all the communities actually, not just New Lenox. So here's this guy who we thought was just a badass. And it turns out he was just playing a role. They needed him to play that role. It wasn't natural to him. He was an art teacher. And he took on this role. And now he's traveling the world, adores life every day. It's like, what a great last chapter he's had. And the truth is, he had many good chapters after Lincoln Way. And that's, I think that's a great life lesson. Steve also remembers the small town with an everybody-knows-everybody atmosphere. Uh, it was a big deal when we got a stoplight. It was a big deal when restaurants started to come in. Um, some celebrated change, and then some viewed it as they weren't so excited about the change. Even though things have changed a lot from the gravel roads and the wide open spaces that Steve describes, he knew he wanted to raise his family in New Lenox. I met my wife in college, we started to have a family. We came back to District 210 because I knew it was a solid foundation, not only to raise a family, but I wanted my kids to go to school here. And selfishly, as a parent, you want the best for your students. So that's why I came back here. Um, I have three kids, two have graduated Lincoln Way, um, and they're doing great. And I have a current student who's a sophomore. School has changed in many ways since Dave and Steve were students at Lincoln Way. The school has a nice turf football field and stadium lights. There weren't even lights for the football field when I was in school. So they had games on Saturday afternoon in the daylight instead of on Friday nights. Lincoln Way offers AP and honors classes to accommodate all students' needs. And in a society where school shootings and other threats are all too common, Lincoln Way has installed a multi-step security system for visitors and has poured lots of resources into crisis planning. Back in the day, Lincoln Way was more of a community center. Every one of these doors was open. You could walk in from all 38 doors, come in, see an old teacher, come in and visit, see a friend. Um, just stop in and say hi and uh, ask for a calendar or see what the musical is. Now we can't do that. The agriculture and shop programs have evolved over time too. Our welding shop we just brought back, I'm very proud of that. The auto shop, um, the ag department, you know, FFA used to be huge back in the day, the future farmers of America and whatnot. And now obviously the 
enrollment isn't as big, but it's still alive and it's, it's still going. But while many things have changed and the school has grown to serve many more students of varied interests and aptitudes, Steve has worked hard to keep one thing the same. You know, you know when you were here, uh, the rules, I mean, boy, the discipline and the rules, that was key. That hasn't changed. I think the only thing that's changed in regards to the discipline now, um, students can wear shorts, where back in the day we weren't allowed to wear shorts. Steve says that discipline and supportive families at home are what keep this community rooted and headed in a positive direction. The one thing that's great about this community that hasn't changed, in my opinion, from 1970 and, until now, the students are the same. And when I say the same, I, I truly believe that we have solid families, core families that raise their kids with core values. So the students, as soon as they come in the door here, we already have a solid base to work with. Um, and the teachers can teach, the students can learn. That's part of what motivated Steve to raise his own family in the area. The reason I'm here, the reason that I moved my family here is because I wanted my kids to have the same experience that I did when I was a teenager. Dave is content in Des Moines, but it's heartwarming to see people happy and succeeding in New Lenox. Citizens are hopeful for the future and eager to raise their children as part of the community. Dave takes one final loop down Cedar Road and reflects on his special successful farming assignment. Many scenes have been familiar, but the trip has had a few unexpected insights. All in all, it still feels like home. Some of the streets I drive down, they don't look much different. They, the houses are still there, the ones that I grew up looking at and walking by. And that's fun for me, to remember the families, the kids, my, my friends, and which house they lived in, and the memories that we had in, in each one of those stops along Cedar Road. So it still has a, a really warm place in my heart. It's been fun to get reconnected to the new people in town that I didn't know, uh, the historians, the mayor. It's been fun to reconnect with Mr. Pitcairn. Uh, I had a class reunion this summer, our 40th, and many of the people there were like, is Pitt still around? And I said, yeah, I did. A st I just happened to talk to him this week. And they're like, oh, how's Mr. Pitcairn? And everyone had the same story. It was like, I lived in fear of Jim Pitcairn. And it was fun because we all shared that common thread in that moment of our life. And it still resonates today. So it's fun to go back to have a new view of New Lenox, Illinois, but still have the history. And I've been able to share it with other classmates. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Successful Farming Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You'll want to stay tuned in for more episodes in this series and other podcasts coming soon from Successful Farming. I'm your host, Natalina Sense. Special thanks to David Ekstrom for his production work. And a big thank you to the Successful Farming editors, Gil Gullickson, Jody Hankey, Dave Kearns, and Betsy Fries for sharing their hometown experiences in this series. For videos, photos, and to read Dave's hometown story, visit agriculture.com slash newlenox.